Hello, internet peeps. This is episode 179 of Big Trouble Little Podcast. Epis- I already did the episode. I'm Joe Dubs. I'm Andy. I'm Zach. And we are here um, for more Matrix Christmas Merry Month. And we are going to be talking about my pick. Happy Festivus. We're going to be talking about my pick. A Karate Christmas Miracle and then we're also going to be talking about the Matrix Revolutions which is probably going to be easier to talk about than what we're going to be talking about in this movie but anyway guys what the hell you been watching playing or doing I'm going to start with Zach um been uh watching Doom Patrol uh again uh I I, wa- I watched like the first two or three episodes when it, it just released like when it debuted and didn't really follow through with it. And it's a good show. I don't know why, uh, well, at least in season one that I've almost finished, it's, it's a very good show. Uh, I've also been watching like the new season of Young Justice. It's They've been trickling out. I've been watching a lot of like these superhero shows. Everything's kind of coming out at once right now. I heard Hawkeye's good. Like Haw- yeah, the Hawkeye show on Disney Plus is actually pretty good. It's, it's better than, I would argue, the, the last two they did. Winter Soldier and uh, whatever the other Falcon. Uh, Falcon Winter Soldier, yeah. yeah. And WandaVision. Um, been playing uh, Forza. Uh, and then I've also been playing Resident Evil 1 on Saturn to satisfy uh, my autism to play it on the 25th anniversary of its release. Nice. And... <laughs> I'm also playing uh, WCW versus NWO Revenge. Hell yeah! For the first time, really. Like I, I played it in little spats back when it came out, but like I never actually played through it or anything. Hmm. I spent much more time playing like the first game and like uh, No Mercy. Dude, it's so, so amazing. Like back then, when we saw customization in wrestling games, we were like, "Yeah, this is rad, man!" We get to fucking change the color of the shirt. Now, like fucking WWE 2K whatever or Raw versus SmackDown like you could upload like logos and shit and like make it all interesting it's like it, it's so advanced now yeah like I think at not Attitude uh the game before it Warzone uh that was like on the PlayStation stuff that actually had like a, cus- a character creator this game didn't it just let you kind of like change up the parts that the wrestlers were wearing on their their shirts or their, their pants or whatever mm-hmm. that was it but it was something still the last game didn't even have that the one that came before it <laughs> i gotta say though this game's kind of bullshit because like i was playing i'm, I'm just doing the championship because that's kind of all you can do that's like the only single player besides exhibition and stuff um if you lose it, <laughs> If you lose one match, or even if you draw, you have to start over from the beginning. Nice. <laughs> even on a draw, I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Because, <laughs> like, No Mercy, like, uh, would just, like, you got three tries, brother, and, like, you got three continues. Uh, I don't remember World Tour just booting you out after one loss. I think it just let you rematch. I just thought that was bizarre. I was like, what the <laughs> shit? It just booted me back out, that's it? <laughs> Damn. That, yeah, that's, that's all I've been doing. Andy, what about you? I played a bunch of Forza. I, I prestiged in that game. I looped back to one. Um, Forza prestige. 
Yeah, uh, I, I don't know. I don't know if it has a name. Like it doesn't say it anything when it happens. It's just you go from level one hundred ninety nine to one and it, with a star. You're a grand so, horror. That's what you yeah. are. Yeah, that's, they should call it something like that. Um, <clears throat> I, uh, I I was at my girlfriend's place. We were, we were going to watch a movie like we always do, and she's never never seen Alien. So we put on Alien, and she's like into it, but she starts falling asleep. She says. I'm going to fall asleep, put on a movie I don't care about, and then we'll watch Alien later. And I said, okay. So I put on Cars, uh, Pixar's movie Cars, and uh, then she ended up just sitting through all of that anyway. <laughs> She'd never seen it either. <laughs> cars was more interesting than Alien. I guess so. Like, there's there's something about Cars that uh, it just boggles the mind, because I, I warned her, I said, don't try to make sense of this world because it'll drive you bad, but it, you, you, it's all like, I don't understand. Why are there all these human things? If there's no humans and there's only cars and like, how do cars do all this other stuff? The insects are cars. That doesn't make sense. It's, no, it doesn't. You can't, you can't think about it too hard. Cars just exist. It's just its own thing. It's an alternate timeline. Indeed. For, uh, for Christmas, a friend of mine got me a box set of, uh, Shinya, Tsukamoto's movies, and I watched the first one of that. And I've never seen any of his stuff. He's just some bizarre, super weirdo from Japan. He makes like avant-garde sci-fi nonsense. I mean, there are all sci-fi. The first movie, the first movie is uh, Tetsuo the Iron Man. Um, I guess it's described as avant-garde Japanese cyberpunk. <laughs> it's a fucking weird movie. I, I this guy's like driving metal and it, it, it's like got like a bunch of body horror in it. This guy's driving metal into his body and eventually it like becomes part of his flesh. And there's another guy who's also like part metal by accident. And it's like, I guess you could call it a superhero movie, sort of, but it's just like super, super, super weird. It's got this like industrial scraping fetus off the wheels soundtrack. <laughs> And it's fuck? black and white, and it's just way out there. It it was a pretty interesting movie. The next movie is a direct sequel to it. And I'm really excited to see where the hell this goes. And um, the next thing isn't a show, <coughs> excuse me, isn't a show or a movie. But I, I was I was had recommended to me a podcast called Dan Carlin's Hardcore History, but every episode's a dollar, and I always thought, oh, I'm going to pay a dollar for a podcast one. But they make a few episodes free each year. And a friend listened to it, and he recommended highly that I listen to the ones they made for free this year. Uh, Supernova in the East. It's about basically the time between Japan being opened to the rest of the world in the late 1800s right up to World War II. It's like, how the hell did they go from being basically a feudal nation around the time we were having the civil war right up to being one of the most dominant militaries on the planet at the beginning of the second world war. So it's, it's extremely interesting. And uh, I don't know, it's free for right now. I think it's free until January. So if anyone's interested in in history, I really recommend checking that out, but that's been it this, this month, this week. Cool. Um, Trying to think. I watched a movie last night when my dad called Eye in the Sky. 
about a drone pilot pilot and uh his like spotter and stuff and they're like having uh alan rickman's in it by the way i think it's like one of alan rickman's last movies before he passed away alan rickman yeah he was like the one of the military ops people and they're like so the, the main the main thing is like they need to bomb this terrorist. Like they, one, they needed to spot the terrorist. They found the terrorist, but like now they have to get uh, clearance to shoot on like British citizens and Americans because they became part of that terrorist group. And then like the main reason the whole movie's going on is there's this little Muslim girl who's selling bread next to the target that they need to fucking blow away. So they're like. It's almost like, never stopped anybody before. Well, in this movie, they have <laughs> they have like a twelve angry men type of like scenario where they're like trying to justify if they should like sixty five percent chance the, the child might die, and then they're like, "Well, we need to bring it down to forty five percent chance." And like, well, Scott Steiner's involved. It's like a three hundred thirty three to third percent chance of him dying. So there you go. Because Samoa Joe knows. <laughs> anyway, he's uh, not even gonna try. <laughs> but that was a good movie that we watched. Um, we watched the new Sandra Bullock movie. Me and my dad the other night uh, called The Unforgivable, uh, where it's about uh, was, San- it, was it a rom com? What, what me and my dad <laughs> just yeah yeah. Were you guys watching rom coms? No, no. The Unforgivable um, is about a movie where Sandra Bullock's character goes to jail because she shot like a a sheriff because she was being evicted from her house because her parents, her mom died and then the father like killed killed herself, killed himself um, and they had to evict the house and somehow the sheriff dies. There's a twist in it, but it was a really good movie. I didn't play no video games this week. Um, actually, I bought video games. I didn't pay him. I, I got the Destiny 2 DLC for like $30, uh, thanks to Zach's uh, Christmas gift uh, for the the Xbox Live. So thank you very much. Um, and I got Chivalry 2. Um, if you ever know about that game, it's just medieval where you're just swinging medieval shit at each other. And I downloaded that, so I can't wait to play that too. Uh, but that's it. I think it's time to get in this fucking movie, uh, a karate Christmas uh, miracle. So, uh, how how did you find this? Like, what led you to pick this? So I typed in Google, "worst Christmas Christmas movie ever," and this movie uh, showed up in one of the lists. Uh, you know, when you see like the pictures and shit, and you like you could scroll by. Like, if you put video games in Google search box, you'll see like all the video game pictures. Well, I saw a Karate Christmas Miracle, and I was like, that looks funny because the kid looks stupid, and I just wanted to watch it. I watched the trailer. I sent the trailer to you guys on on the Facebook chat. I don't know if you guys watched it or not, but I was like, wow, this movie looks this movie looks bad, and boy, oh boy, this movie is fucking terrible. <laughs> the plot in 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 itself is just bizarre uh it's about a dad who's missing they don't know if he's dead or alive he went to a he's like a lawyer he went to a constitutional (laughs) fucking discussion about the second amendment at a movie theater where a a guy in a clown mask had a weapon shit uh basically the movie has very little to do with karate it has very little to do with christmas and there's 
barely a miracle in it. Yes. Yeah. Well, I, I kind of disagree. There was a kind of a miracle where I just didn't see the fucking ending uh, like that. So it was a miracle. It, I, it's. The, I mean, I guess it doesn't hurt to spoil the end. Um, I don't understand. At the at the end, he he does it. And the dad comes to the door and he's like, you did it! Hooray! And they're all like, oh my god! And then just credits roll immediately. It was like the end of one of those Philips CDI Zelda games. You beat Ganon! I won! And that was it. Yeah, just bam. <laughs> so, so the way I plotted this movie, right? Like, because the karate part. He had like five days until Christmas and he had five days to get five belts. So each day, Bullshit. each day he was getting a belt. Every time he had like this nightmare with fucking Martin Cove and shit, uh, talking to him Eric, about Eric Roberts too. He would see Eric Roberts. I was like, why the fuck is Eric Roberts shooting this shit on like a webcam on his desk at his house? Yeah, it seemed pretty <laughs> obvious that some of these people were just never on set. But this movie's from 2019. Yeah. So. I think there's a lot of stuff where people just literally phoned in their parts and they just plugged it into the movie. I do want to say this. There is a sequel called A Wrestling uh, Christmas Miracle. Stars stars the same dad, stars the same kid. Martin Cove makes a return uh, for a sequel. Uh, and the, you know, the, the psychic is there, by the way, the whole psychic storyline of this fucking movie pissed me off. Every time the mother and the psychic was talking, I got lost. That becomes like the whole movie after a while. Like at some point it stops being about the kid and it's about the mother finding out she was a shitty wife and this completely intolerable psychic woman. Mm-hmm. What are you talking about? She's our people. She's from West Virginia. Her parents are. Though she she has to be. <laughs> Listen to her talk. Yeah. She's talking about things like this. I hate the psychic. That character is so intolerably terrible. <laughs> so awful. God damn it. She every really... scene she's in, every line she speaks. I'm like, I fucking can't stand this character. Like, every time she left the... The first three three or so times she left the movie, I was like, finally! And then it became clear that this character's here to stay, and I said, god damn it! Yeah. My, uh... She, she really came off like one of those crazy professors or, like, teachers you get. You know, those really oddball fucking teachers or professors that have... It's like, they've got a real quirky personality. I'll give her that. Yeah. The scene, the first scene that you see her in, and she's in the classroom talking about New Jersey, like fucking uh, state law and all that stuff about criminal justice. Which, by the way, my autistic, ignorant brain like went up because she's like, I'm talking this like southern twang and all that stuff. But like, I'm looking at the book, I'm like, this is New Jersey. Isn't she supposed to talk like this? And like, she wasn't. And she was like, I'm, I'm so lost. She went in and out of like a country accent here and there. And that was pissing me off. But that whole scene where she's like talking about Santa Claus uh, and assault charges, and then the kid shows up. Which, by the way, does the kid wear his gi wherever he fucking goes when karate is not happening? No, he has to. He's he's got a he's, he's a special needs child. Karate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that scene where he just shows up out of nowhere uh, was awkward. Like this whole movie was awkward. But like there were some scenes where I was just like. 
okay, shit can get away. Like, the diner scene, I, like, laughed my ass off on how, like, that black guy was, like, trolling <laughs> the wife. <laughs> Do I look like a J to you? It's like, what the, what the fuck's your problem, man? That's what I would have just said if I was her. I'm like, I'm just looking for somebody. I thought you were him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was weird. Yeah, and- it wasn't very uh, good. And there, what the hell? Could they not afford, like, a tripod or something? Like, no. there's that scene where, like, you know, she drinks at the bar with the psychic. And then it's, like, the next day she goes to work. And it's, like, the guy is just holding the camera in his hand. But it's, like, doing this thing where it's, like, vibrating or some shit. Or it's, like, he can't hold it still. Yeah, I got the impression that the, the set they were using for her office, there's not enough room in there for proper equipment. So I really think it's just someone standing in just a real-ass office filming all this stuff. Some of that reminded me a bit of The Room, like the movie, about like how, like the way this is all shot mm-hmm. and everything. It's very, I'm getting flashbacks. Everything's got that like um, semi-professional, but not really almost TV lighting. Everything's lit super bright and super even. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and... Um... The bar scene was awkward. The, the editing, by the way, I don't know if you noticed in the bar scene, there was two shot glasses, and like it cut and it went back, and the shot glasses were empty and shit. And I was like, "What the fuck?" And I'm like, "Is is this like part of the movie? What, what's going on here?" And like them acting drunk, like her acting drunk was weird. Uh, there was like a. And this is where my ignorant brain like went off a little bit because she's like talking about like her her coming out to her parents and then she's like having this conversation with like the the babysitter which is apparently younger than her um and the 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 babysitter is like supposed to be like out of high school but she looks older than the mom okay that i was trying to figure that out because they look the same age i i was like are they sisters are they co-workers who's this one yeah. Now, apparently, she just graduated at a uh, high school, and oh, I missed I missed that line. Or so something. she's like a thirty nine year old high school graduate. Yeah. yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. But like, there was this awkward moment. Like, is she gonna kiss this person? But like, it never went that way. And then the kid was putting the belts on the Christmas tree because once he gets all his belts, like once he gets to the black belt, he apparently his dad's gonna come back, which. We spoiled already. Once he got his black belt, the father showed up on the porch. Uh, so fucking ridiculous. <laughs> um, the kid doesn't know fucking karate, by the way. What the fuck was I watching when he was? Yeah, in- what the hell was that shit? It's like they're doing like, oh, you're doing your test for your karate belt. Like, listen, I'm I've never taken a martial art, but I'm like three three quarters, seventy five, eighty percent chance. <laughs> There's eight percent chance that I'm correct. That, that that that's not how any of that looks. <laughs> like they're just rolling around on the ground. Like what the fuck are they doing? Wrestling or judo? Why are they rolling on the ground like that? That's not karate. Yeah, I I know I'm a fat man by the way. Like I'm super fat and I wouldn't do fucking push-ups for uh, shits. But what kind of fucking put? He looked like he was fucking humping the ground with that, his that push-ups. Was, that was the biggest laugh for the whole movie for me. Is when the kid starts doing push-ups. I just, I, I, huge belly laugh. I was like, oh my God, are you fucking kidding me? I, I, I like when he was training. It was like he, it was like he just watched Dragon Ball Z when he was like eight and he started punching yeah, the couch. Like, punching the couch. It really just seems like, yeah, he'd watch Dragon Ball, ate a bunch of pixie sticks, and then just like went to town on the couch. 
He's like, I gotta raise my power level so I can fight Lord Frieza. He's just like hitting the couch. Like, what the fuck? What's with the mom? She doesn't know how, like, apparently the father's the best cooker, right? Like, and all she does is make salad and brings home cold pizza. Did you, did you catch that shit? There's all kinds of shit wrong with that woman. She's a terrible interior decorator. You ever hear that fucking saying? It's like, you know, the, the woman makes the house or whatever. There's, there's some saying like that. Mm -hmm. But, like, the house is fucking barren. Her hair is too straight. It's ridiculous how straight her hair is. She needs to do something <laughs> with her damn hair. It's like, God damn. I, uh, hate, I hate his mom. I hate everybody in this movie, though. Nah, I, I hate it. Zach, me and you watch probably one of the worst uh, Resident Evil movies out there. We're we're kind of just lost in the direction, and I'm not. Com oh, I'm kind of am comparing it to this movie. I'd rather watch that Resident Evil movie a thousand times than when I. Oh yeah, when I watched it was now. it was more entertaining. It was it, yeah, it was more entertaining than this because like I was I I'd watch everything we're supposed to watch like intently, mm -hmm. uh, but like I'll admit there's a couple times where I'm like. I, I, I'd start doing something on my computer for like a minute or two while they're talking because they're just sitting there talking, shot, reverse shot, whatever. Well, the, the <laughs> I'm thing, not really missing that much. The thing with this movie, which by the way, apparently like a wrestling Christmas miracle is like maybe 59 to like an hour of a movie. Uh, because if you watch this movie, right, like most of the scenes are dragging on, like most of the conversations could have ended really quickly, but because of the psychic, uh, bitch, she was just like nonstop talking to the point where I'm just like, I get it. You're a psychic. And that I really think a lot of her lines were improvised too. I think they were like, you know, I think the script was like, hypothetically you're Santa Claus and you're at a bar and someone attacks Rudolph and you attack that person. Like, I'm sure that was actually written out. But instead, she did it in this rambling way that takes 20 fucking minutes or however long. It felt like 20 minutes. It felt like eternity. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure a lot of her lines weren't memorized. She was just trying to get the, the core of it. For some reason, I think she's one of the top build people like over the, the kid and some of the other people in this movie, which is strange to me. And the Me and my friends were watching this, and we were just like... Every scene, we were just like, "What? Why did they say that? What's going on here?" Like, can we can we discuss what the hell is the weird story where the father disappeared at all? I, I just don't get it. That's There's what like confused me the most out of everything. Like, you just talk about the psychic conversations, like these weird dreams and the the circumstances of his father. I thought he was dead, and then it's like, like no, he disappeared. None of it comes to it. It feels like they shot another movie and they had the footage from it and they couldn't make a movie out of that footage. So they recycled that footage for this movie. That's what I think happened. Because it's about like this woman's in a, in a movie theater and her Aurora. father gives her the theater and, and then um, – a, a clown attacks, mm. but they were all dressed like clowns that night. But they don't show you that; they can only tell you. And and the dad just disappears, and he dropped a knife. And and I guess their stories are the same because she had to prove herself to her dad or something. <laughs> and so now the kid's trying to prove himself to his dad by learning karate. And Eric Roberts is crazy and has 
allegedly is the perpetrator Maybe, of, of the crime. Like, he's talking to his webcam, and he's, like, holding a revolver. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, he, he seems intimidating, so I think. I, I might just be expecting that, but... So Martin Coe's character was the father of Aurora, right? Is that yeah, what... he was the one that owned the, the movie theater chain or some shit. I don't know, yeah. Another person who had to literally phone in their performance. Like, they just <laughs> did it over a webcam. What the hell? That was the most bizarre scene, was when, like, he, he the kid was asleep... His name's Jesse. Their their name is like, his name is Jesse Genesis. <laughs> Who the fuck's last name is Genesis? I'm serious. I've never heard of such a thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but like, he's. I guess he had a dream that he called Martin Cove, and he was like, he answers the phone. He's like, I need to talk to you, and he's like, Yes, I know. I need to talk to you, and he tells. Yeah, I wasn't. He, <laughs> I wasn't sure if that was supposed to have actually happened, or if it was just a dream. It's just like he calls him, and, and Martin Cove is just intimidating for a but, while. But they're on the same That's level. Like, it's like they're speaking the same language. Mm. They're seeing eye to eye. It's like I, 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 the same way you guided your daughter, I must guide my father. And he's like, "Yes, I understand." And <laughs> it's it's like it's it's like it's this it's a scene that's setting up an entirely different movie that we don't get to see. I okay. feel like. Okay, I yeah. I want to throw this out here because Ken Del Vecchio is Bob Genesis, the father, the son in the movie of the the woman in the movie. Uh, Jesse Genesis is played by Mariel Del Vecchio, which is the son to the uh, father in this movie. Which another side note. Ken is the screenplay writer of this movie. So I've come up with a theory where because his son is having this spiritual event where he needs to get all his uh, belts to bring his father back, that he's going into the karate realm and talking to Martin Cove, who is uh, a sensei for uh, Cobra Kai. And I think that's why he's in the movie. And that's why he has that like phone call with Martin Cove because he's talking to that spiritual uh, karate world and all that stuff. And that's why he, you know, comes out of that, which is confusing on the dialogue. But I, I figure, with all the autistic screen screenplay writing in this, that's what they came up with. It's such a bizarre scene too that it just crashes. Like he's sitting there talking to his woman, like they're reciting fucking Hamlet or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then that just happens and he bids her to go away because this is business this is talk between men a <laughs> lot of the same people all worked on other movies together including the kid and including uh ken working on screenplays for it there's a movie i'm sorry this is apropos very little but uh, Price for Freedom from 2017. He worked on the screenplay for that as well, and then his his kid is also in it inexplicably. But Martin Cove is also in it as Ayatollah Kalkali, and Paul Sorvino is the Shah of Iran in it. <laughs> oh, what? What the fuck is that? <laughs> Which, by the way, um. In a Christmas, uh, a wrestling Christmas miracle, we have a guest appearance from Gilbert Godfrey. He's in the, he's in the sequel of the movie. So, oh, I thought you were going to say Gilbert. I almost got excited. Oh uh, no! But uh, Martin Cove makes a return as uh, Warden Jeffries again. Um, 
it's just wild like this must be like friends or something is this like a christian thing or, or organization where just like a, that's need... that's what i was waiting for the whole movie is for like it to be like you know you didn't need karate you needed christ or something like that like i was waiting for that shit to drop but no that's that would have made more sense, maybe. Like, if they just had that downer ending, and it was just like, listen, y'all need Jesus, and like, okay, I guess. that's Some people, I guess some people need that in their lives. I uh, <laughs> I laugh so loud, because my friends are not wrestling uh, fans, so <laughs> I was like, holy shit, they put that kid in, like, a modified Kimura lock. He, like, almost broke the kid's fucking <laughs> arm and shit when he was uh, bending it backwards. Come on, Jimmy! He's tapping out! <laughs> <laughs> Um, but I mean, I'm not going to go, we're not going to deep dive into this. This movie's fucking terrible. Uh, I just want to plan to you this ending scene. I mean, we talked about it in the beginning, but they're all, uh, you know, the psychic is invited to this Christmas Eve with, uh, the, the, the mom and her parents, which by the way, the, the parents, the age difference looked fucking weird. Like one looked 50 and the other one looked 95. Yeah. And also they aren't in the whole rest of the movie, but for some reason they're in the finale for no reason at all. Just so they can have this weird conversation about who gets to hold the board. They had to drive all the way from fucking Nebraska or something. That takes time. Yeah. But the father had a New Jersey accent, by the way. I don't know if you noticed, like, I don't want to hold the board, <laughs> but, uh, so Keep in mind, everybody, when you get your black belt, you get it at a dojo with your sensei, or I don't know how you say from it. From a sensei, yeah. Yes, yeah, from a sensei. Uh, and that's how you earn it. Uh, this was in the living room where they was like, let me let me get a wooden board. And they're all passing the board around like they don't want to do it because they, they, they don't want the honors. I don't, was the mom who uh, held it last, if I remember? Yeah. Yeah, she yeah. was. Yeah, the mom holds it. He does it, and then while his fist or elbow goes through the fucking uh, wood, the dad shows up in the porch, uh, sliding door, and he says, "You did it, pal. You did it." And the, the like they were excited, but like you could tell it was like overacting excited. Like, oh my god, you're back. And like in reality, be like, what the fuck? You've been there the whole fucking time? What have you been in there in the in the shed? Like that's the thing I would have said in real life. Like, what the hell? Yeah, like <laughs> if anyone else had written this movie, it would be like he got his black belt and coincidentally that was the day his father awoke from a coma or recovered from amnesia or escaped some serial killer's basement. Like something that would make him like suddenly be able to come home. But no, it's literally played off like, no, he got the black belt. And so the father just spawned on the, the back porch. Yeah. Like he, he was just like, was T posing for a second and then like walked in the doors like, you did it. Oh, yeah. And then credits. Like the movie's like, ah, fuck it. I don't know. It worked. I, I joked around. <laughs> I joked around with my friends. I said, "Is there a fucking end credit scene? Like, because we knew a sequel was in the made make. Oh, not in the making, but already made." I was like, "Is there an end credit scene? No, it, there wasn't. <laughs> I was hoping so. Um, I want like." <laughs> Like the father reappears, and they're like, "Oh my god!" And like Martin Cove just like steps out from behind a blind or something, like grabs the mother's like, "You better learn how to wrestle real good by next Christmas." <laughs> 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 
And the kid's like, oh no, now I must pass to wrestling. So I'm going to read you, uh, hold on, the synopsis for the next movie. Well, not, uh, probably next Christmas for me, I'm probably going to pick this. Uh, but anyway, an ele- this is the summary to Arrest and Christmas Miracle since we're done talking about karate. Uh, an 11 year old phenom wrestler with an undefeated record, Case Gabriel, gives up the sport to write and slash direct a movie. He believes that this film makes his best friend Charlie left on Christmas Day. It will wake the boy from a coma. <laughs> Case's dad, Ajax Gabriel, Ajax Gabriel, uh, an Olympian wrestler with a mysterious side career, supports his son Wish, cautioning that the friend may never come out of his slumber. A week before Christmas, the movie is produced with Ajax as a snazzy cast of characters starring in Ready to Make It All Laugh. This is way too much of a synopsis. I'm not reading it all, but you get the you get the gist. It's all about like awakening this kid from a coma, which should have been this movie with the dad, where he's like in a coma. Kid wins, kid wins the fucking uh, black belt, and he goes, "Dad, I did it!" And he wakes up. Like that would have made more sense than what happened at the end of uh, Karate Christmas Miracle. There you go. That's one of the things I said. Yeah. So. I'm not rec- hey. I'm not recommending this film, but if you're around friends and you're just like, I, hey, you want to see a shitty movie? I guess that's okay. If you're, you're around friends and you need to watch a Christmas movie, just watch Die Hard, Christmas Vacation. Just watch Die Hard. Just watch Jingle All the Way. Like, don't don't watch this piece of shit. <laughs> Zach, what about you? I'm guessing not recommending. Um, no, only if you're very drunk. And uh, also, I want I want to call this the movie out for this. How it kept running down. How his mom never had time because she was working all the time. But they have a really nice house with almost nothing in it, you know. Mm-hmm. But like, the what the fuck? They spent the whole time talking about how like their her husband did all this other shit while he was also like a fucking lawyer or something. Like he 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 was like building gazebos and. Helping women learn self-defense, feeding the poor, feeding the poor. Where the, so how did he have all this time to do all this shit? He's a better person. She's she's shitty. She's, she's just inferior. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, I can tell. Let I me mean, look at her hairdo. No, <laughs> back to the hair. Uh, <laughs> it's bad. It's just I couldn't focus on anything else but her fucking hair. At, at the very beginning of the movie, it was distracting because I was convinced it was a wig. It's like, why is this woman wearing a weird black wig? I thought it was a tranny at some points. Not, no, not she's, gonna lie. She's obviously a woman. She just like she didn't have any makeup on, which I guess I can understand. She's like, oh, it's Christmas. My husband's been dead slash disappeared for like a year, whatever. But her hair was unnaturally straight. It looked really weird. So she works in marketing, and was she trying to sell like applesauce as the new Jello? What was that all about? That's what she said. It's a, it's a it's a the room line. Somebody Tommy Wiseau wrote that. The applesauce is the new Jello. What a story! <laughs> uh, are you guys? Uh, you can cut this out if you want. But are you guys on the IMDb page for this movie? I know I, that normally that's what we do. I'm not. No. Uh, on it, there's like the if you like this movie, you like these other movies because you're a loser kind of thing. <laughs> it's like wrestling. Wrestling Christmas Miracle and some other stuff. The third one is a movie called Rice Girl, and it looks incredibly racist, but it also has 
Martin Cove in it, but also has uh, Pat Morita, the the um, uh, Mr. Miyagi. Yeah. And also just the cover to it is outrageous. I, I'm sorry, I just had to bring that up. It, it stood out to me, and it looks insane. <laughs> i got to look his movie up now. Yeah, just IMDb Rice Girl from 2014. It has Grumpy's Cat's Worst Christmas Ever, and then it also has... Yeah, that's the other one, yeah. And Magic Puppy. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, let, let, let's stop talking about this movie, and let's get into a movie that is probably a million times better than this movie. Somehow, yeah. I mean, yeah. What isn't, though? <laughs> Matrix Revolutions. So at this time... And let me bring up the uh, IMDb, IMDb for this. This movie came out in 2003. Uh, and this was supposed to be the trilogy. The end of Neo and the Matrix. Uh, surprise, we're here in 2021. And in 10 days, we're going to be seeing Matrix 4. Uh, but- well, even at the end of the movie, the little girl's like, do you think we'll ever see Neo again? And she's like, oh, I think we will. Mm-hmm. So it leaves so, it open I mean, a little bit. I'm just saying, they kind of set it up. They were yeah. like, don't, don't worry, he'll be back. So, I like this more than Reloaded, in my opinion. I think most people do. I think that's the general consensus. Yeah, so you have Agent Smith who's getting stronger. Uh, he gets the Oracle's eyes at some point where he... Uh, the funny scene where he throws the ball against the wall and does that fucking laugh when he assimilates into the Oracle. Uh, that's always iconic. Um, There's a Dragon Ball fight in this one. Yes. Um, it reminded me more of the Superman Zod fight in Man of Steel. That is true. Yeah, it has that similarity. Um, I, I don't know if you guys are going to agree with me, but... I tend to look away from the action sometimes and get into the deep lore of the Matrix. And what I found really interesting was Neo being trapped in that subway with those programs that are trying to love or like talk about love. And he's like, oh, love is just a word and all that stuff. And he's like, no. Yeah, once again, the programs are the most interesting part. Yeah. I, I'm right there with you. Yeah, like, I, I wanted to know more about that. I said, well, this is interesting. So these, pro- these two programs... This art that you know they have artificial intelligence, but they not only love each other, but they procreated, and now they're going out of their way and making a deal in order to save their offspring. This little girl, I, I don't know. That's more interesting to me than this whole like uh, ne- Neo has to fight has to has to fight Vegeta Smith or whatever's going on. <laughs> Vegeta's odd. Um. So the way I got the subway station is like that's where all the programs that have like no use anymore and they like deleted. I I kind of like uh, related that to like the recycle bin on your computer <laughs> where they just where they just put the programs in there and if they uh, are saved they get to get out of the recycle bin, but if not you're just going to be deleted from the matrix or at least reused for other programming. Uh, so that's how I got it. Uh, the I forgot who the uh, train dude is i forgot his uh name but his he, name is just train man but it's bruce spitz the fucking guy who's the gyro captain and mad max and yeah the, the the dude really i had forgot it was the same guy until we were watching this i was like oh my god are you serious <laughs> he's back again <laughs> he's always got a vehicle gimmick he does this time he's the train man mm-hmm. he's uh, also god in that world yes 
and uh it's part of like the merovigian uh fucking group that uh like the gang and all that so i really love the whole trinity seraph and morpheus like trying to find neo and they like had that (laughs) mexican standoff thing in uh the club Uh, yeah that's more interesting because i talked about this a little bit last week all the fight scenes with neo are kind of like I don't feel like he's in danger. Mm-hmm. This is the one, you know, he's like super powerful and that's the whole point. But when it's the three of them, they're vulnerable. They can die in that situation. That's why that scene's more interesting, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I and I know guys, I'm jumping around, I'm talking to the listeners. We always jump around in our movies, but this is like what comes to mind. The Oracle. I love how they explain because the actual actress who played the Oracle in the first two movies passed away. So they have a new actress in there and they explain it like in a meta world, like, oh, I got a new shell. This is my new avatar kind of thing. Uh, and like, I love how they played it off. Uh, like it's the same old Oracle, but different actress kind of thing uh, <laughs> to relate kind relate to that character. is kind of like if you ever watched a fresh Prince of Bel-Air where there was like two Vivians like <laughs> that's that's the vibe that i got in this movie without the whole weird simulation theory and all that stuff um that was cool. i like the way i like the way that she she explained it though because it was like they saw her and then they clearly were like what happened and then she's like well you know things don't ever work out the way you think they will i didn't expect this either or something <laughs> It's just like she kind of like in a way they sort of paid tribute to the old actress. Like I can't remember exactly what she said, but it, it really came off that way to me. I thought that was kind of cool. Mm-hmm. So, do you think the Oracle <laughs> groomed Neo to be the one? Because she seemed like she put ideas in his head where he had to make that decision. Because if he never put, if she never put ideas into his head would he ever made the decision kind of like with the vase in the first movie would i told you about the vase would you would you have done the same thing of being like what what vase no um you gotta remember also you see the previous ones in reloaded when he's talking to the architect and they all look exactly like him yeah but what if because they they say in the second movie and also this movie that the oracle and the architect are kind of like the yin and yang. Like the Oracle is kind of like empathetic to humans uh, in the simulation and everything to try to find out about what makes them live a purpose and love and choice and all that stuff. While the architect is like, y'all are fucking stupid. (laughs) Like, I don't like you, but we need this simulation to happen for whatever purpose. He says at the end, it's a dangerous game you've played or something like that. I think implying it, she is the one who, like, he, he was always going to be the one and the cycle was going to commence anew. But, yeah, she put into his head maybe a little bit to be more heroic. If anything, instead of manipulating Neo, Neo might have come along and been the exact same way no matter what. If anything, perhaps she had manipulated Trinity because she says, oh, you're going to fall in love with the one. And really, it's it's Trinity and Neo's love for Trinity that that accelerates everything else. That's the reason he leaves the architect's room at the in Reloaded instead of um, 
and instead of going and you know choosing people to take over Zion after the place is exterminated, and then uh, she's the one who goes with him to the Machine City. Like, if anything, I think Neo is just the one again, and perhaps it's Trinity that like accelerates the change because this is they say the sixth time, and that's why this time something different happens. Then, of course, Smith as well. Yeah, and we I, talked about that last week a little bit. The idea that Smith is the reason he's the one. He's the one who like kind of brings about the end of the war in a roundabout way. Well, I think Neo and Agent Smith are kind of like projecting what the Oracle and the Architect are in a way. Because Neo is the good guy while Agent Smith is the bad guy. And I, I see that with the Oracle and the Architect. They're in their world of battles, but they are on the same side. And I think the same thing with Agent Smith and Neo because they're both programs, they're both anomalies. Uh, now, you could say that Neo put the anomaly into Agent Smith, which he grew into this malware kind of thing where she, he keeps on, uh, you know, copying himself. But I want to feed off of what you said, Andy, with the whole theory that Agent Smith is the one. Because the dialogue that was used in that video that you're talking about is when he's talking to the Oracle and calling her mother. Now, a lot of people who are uh, who are against that theory would say just, well, she's the Oracle, she's the mother of the Matrix. But then the people that are for that theory is believing that the Oracle is the actual mother of the one. Uh, what's what's your opinion? Do, do you see both sides? And, you know, it could go that way. Or do you believe that, you know, the pro Smith is the one or against Smith the one? I just think they're fun fan theories. Like, I don't think any of that's official. And it's interesting to be like, oh, yeah, that could work. But um, hmm. I think I, 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 part of the way I enjoy The Matrix is to kind of take it at face value. And then all that stuff in the background just kind of adds it adds complexity when you want it to. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, I, I don't know. Whatever. What's your, <laughs> what's your guys' opinions on the Zion stuff? Because... This is, I know I've talked like bad about the, not bad, but like a little bit negative about the Zion stuff because it was everything's so serious, even out of the Matrix. We talked 100% talk negative about the Zion stuff. However, one of the cool scenes in the whole trilogy is them defending the dock with these, like, yes. these those little robots and stuff. Hey, everyone likes that scene. This he kicks ass. Yeah, mm -hmm. that was cool. It has a very uh, anime touch to it uh, with the mechs and stuff with the guns. Which I, which I find is silly. I don't know why I find it silly. Like they have these mechs, with like these, they're holding these guns and stuff. I would think the guns would be attached to it, or I don't know. That's just me. Um, yeah, it's it's like they actually like, are holding the gun. Maybe it's because um, when they're not about to fight, they're used for work. They probably like, load ships or something, so they need hands to, like carry nonsense. I don't know. It's just a guess. Yeah. I really like that character too, uh, Captain Mifune. He's an interesting guy. And apparently named after um, the Japanese actor, which I thought was really cool. Nice. I, I like the whole storyline. Like the robots are rushing Zion, and that's why they're having like this side thing with Neo because at, at some point, um, Bane, uh, aka Agent Smith, who's like conscience and, and like a human. Uh, is uh, is doing shit and he's on the same ship as neo and trinity 
that's when like we find out about the whole neo is connected to the source like he could see which by the way i find it literally uh, like really hilarious that like when he looks at bane it's like agent smith in like this orange thing with the sunglasses <laughs> I laugh he's, he's always pissed off a thousand percent yeah. he's always one thousand angry I like how that dude did a good job mimicking uh, human yeah. reading, though. Yeah, his his manner speaking did a good job. Yeah, I gotta say though, is a little is a little bit telegraphed that they picked another weaselly looking balding guy with a goatee to be like the traitor. Yeah. Like he could he couldn't have got somebody that looked a little different. Like, <laughs> what do you think of Lawrence Fishburne character in the third movie? Because this is where Morpheus kind of loses faith in the one. Uh, he kind of loses, uh, not in the one, but like he loses faith in the Oracle, like uh, to the point where he's like, hey, bitch, you kind of lied to me and, and all that stuff about the one. I, I don't really believe you anymore. Um, I really liked his change of character because now he's like, he doesn't know if the war is ever going to end, if there's going to be peace. He just doesn't have faith anymore. And I really liked the, uh, that character arc with Morpheus. What about you guys? Um, I don't think he, I, I don't, I don't think he lost faith necessarily. I think it was shaken. Like, cause he still seemed like kind of like he's doing what he thinks he needs to do and he supports him and shit, whatever. Mm. But yeah, when he talks to the Oracle though, it's kind of a different story. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. It's like, he's conflicted about it now more. Andy, what about you? Oh uh, yeah. I didn't really. I don't think he lost faith. I think um, he had he had confidence that he was going to bring the war to an end, and he can no longer see the path to the end of the war like Neo can. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. now, now he's a little he's afraid that you know people are going to die. We need to we need to get to the end of the war, but I don't understand how to get there anymore. And mm-hmm. I think he still like believes that Neo, like um, uh, Niobe says. Oh, he can take my ship. And the other captain, the captain of the hammer is like, I thought you didn't believe in this shit. She says, I don't, but I believe in him. You know, Mm -hmm. I think it's kind of that thing. Yeah. Um, I really liked the whole Neo and Trinity near the end kind of thing where, uh, because if you remember in the story, we are the ones that like covered up the atmosphere with like all uh, clouds and shits and the sunlight was missing. So when they went up above the clouds and seeing the sun and shit, that was cool to see. Um, and seeing like all the robots like move away from Neo, like almost kind of like playing it like a script, like a play, like this is supposed to happen kind of thing, um, which was interesting to see. But like the, the, I guess the top robot is Deus Ex Machina. Um, that That's what it's called in the script apparently. Oh. It's literally what it's called. It's fun. Yeah, and like you could tell, like that person was or robot was all pissed off. Like this Agent Smith is like taking over the Matrix and infecting it and shit. And he's like, I don't know what to do. And Neo like brought up the idea, like I'll go in there and I'll fix everything. Uh, just you know, we need to have peace. Uh, that was cool to see. Um, which, by the way, fun fact about the whole seen millions of agent smiths and the downpouring rain apparently each rain is like a code of the matrix uh apparently that's what the uh wachowski brothers said in that scene 
Uh, because if you notice uh, in, I don't know if it's the end of Reloaded or maybe the beginning of Revolutions, uh, but the black every time the black cat shows up, there's a change in the matrix. And apparently rain is also a change in the matrix as well because a bunch of code is happening. And because there's a million Agent Smiths are happening, the coding is going all crazy. So that's why they did it in the, the pouring rain, uh, which is interesting. Um, what other scenes that you guys liked about the movie? Um, you know, I like the defense of the dock. That's cool. Um, uh, I like, you know, when they go to see the Merovingian in the club, like I said, they're vulnerable there. That That's a lot more interesting to me. Um, everything else, I, I'm, I'm in the minority. I like Reloaded a little better than this. I think the action is more action, and I think the story beats are a little more... Um, I don't know how to put it. The story beats are a little more interesting to follow. In this movie, it has like a weird downhill feel to the narrative. And, and you know, that's fine. Uh, I, I don't I don't get off on the whole... The, the, the Superman Zod fight at the end. It's cool and it's animated and at the time, like, Neo punching through the raindrops and hitting Smith in the face, everyone's like, oh my god, oh, it's so cool. But, you know, now, looking backwards, you know, that's not that's not as impressive anymore, unfortunately. And the fight's cool, but it goes on a little long. It overstays its welcome a little bit. And then at the end, there's, you know, the Deus Ex Machina is what kills Smith. Like, eh, I understand there's a lot more depth to it than I'm giving it, but if you look at it on the face of it, it really seems like when Neo turned up, they didn't even need to have a fight. He could have just let Smith take him over, and then this would have ended immediately. Yeah, I, I think that's... It's always bothered me. It's just, it's just a Hollywood thing. Like, they had need to show this. Like, this is the final fight between good versus evil. And that's why I did it. I didn't really care for the whole scene. My My point was, like, near the end, because remember... He has the Oracle's eyes. He's seen the end, uh, technically. So he kind of got swerved, like, off-script kind of thing. Uh, uh, he didn't interpret the end correctly. Yeah. I, I was really... That's one of my favorite scenes right there, though, is the end of the fight. Like, when the fighting's over and they're standing there, he says, well, I've seen this. You're right there, and I stand. I stand here, and I'm supposed to say something. And he calls him Neo, and there's, like an empty beat just for a second where you where Neo and the audience gets to think for a second. Say, like, why do you call him Neo? That was weird. And he says, what did I just say? And that part's fun. I like that. Like after the fight. Mm. And then, then uh, he lets him like simulate him, but he's like infected with a code and stuff. And that's the end of agent Smith. The matrix is back to normal. Um, I'm trying to think what I didn't like about the movie. And I, I can't come up to a single scene. So is there a scene that you were just like, all right, this is unacceptable or it shouldn't be in the hair? Or did you just like, ah, oh, this is boring? There's a few things that like, it's not like, oh, I fucking hate this scene. It's just like little things that I didn't love. The, the scene where Neo is fighting Bane as Smith on the ship is kind of like, you know, after after everything we've seen, it seems kind of dull. I I like there's there's the neat reveal where 
Neo's like, I can see you. And, you know, you see that weird orange smith. That's that's cool, but, like, the whole rest of the fight doesn't really need to be there as much. And also, everyone in this movie insists on whispering as quietly as they can whisper. Because the machines might hear them. No, it, it, not just that. It's just it's happening all the time. Like down in, in Zion, they're like whispering when they're in the little cave, and when Trinity's dying, they're both talking like. Get a sound like, bar. <laughs> and I, I understand she's dying, but it happens a lot. There's a lot of whispering in this movie for some reason. Yeah. I can hear it just fine, but I don't like. It's just a personal thing. This this isn't really a. a objective criticism of the movie i just i personally don't like um a lot of whispering back to back to back it just sounds i don't know grating to me i don't like it that much just personally does the whole jesus uh representation bother you in this movie bother no because uh, nah. there's some people that like make arguments like oh like neo is jesus it's kind of weird and i don't know if that's oh, yeah, when they blast him with light there's like a cross right there on him for a second yeah, <laughs> yeah. um i yeah, there's nothing for me that like i could like pinpoint uh i i guess i kind of agree with you that the, about the whispering but like i just put my tv louder <laughs> like it's unnecessary that they do that um, I can hear it. It's just you know the human voice sounds different when it's whispering. Mm-hmm. That's all. It, it's like it's just a personal thing. That's all. It, you don't like it. It sounds like people are trying to hide something from you. It pisses you off. <laughs> it's like what are they saying? God damn it! Talk louder. What are you trying to conceal? <laughs> Most of the acting in this movie is good. There's a few storylines that are like abruptly okay, and then that's the end of that. Like, um, oh, I'm trying to remember his name. Their operator. He gets reunited with his wife, and then it's just kind of like, Link. okay, that's enough of that story. You call him Link, and I, that sticks Link. out to him. Like he's, he's, he's the Zelda guy. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. Zach, what about you? Any scenes that you're just like, ah, this is kind of bad? No, it's kind of similar to what Andy was saying. There's no scene in particular, but it's like a bunch of stuff just like compounds and builds up. Uh, I'm kind of the same opinion as him. I actually like Reloaded better than this movie. Mm-hmm. And some of that is because um, I feel like some of the story beats and stuff in Reloaded, it's more fluid. The script is and stuff. It's It seems to move a little bit more mercurially. And uh, here it's like, it's like dumping everything on us, everything that's left. It's like there's a bunch of stuff's happening here. There's a bunch of stuff's happening here. Uh, that's hard to do, I guess, when you're like doing a trilogy or something, and you've built all this stuff up, and now this is the end. But some people manage that better than others, I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, something that did kind of bother me a lot in this movie was like when uh, all some stuff is going to happen. They're talking about what they're getting ready to do, and the subject Neo comes over. What do we do? We do this, and it's like why? Because we must. It's like, what the- yeah, no... that, that's another thing I don't like. It's, it felt like lazy I need, writing. I need, I need a ship. I gotta go to the machine city. And they're like, why? He's like, I just do. The well, fuck? I understand <laughs> there's like, you know, they're putting their faith in him. And that's another part of like the allegory or whatever. He goes and sacrifices himself for the human race. Oh, it's like he died for their... But 
why? Why? It doesn't make any sense. Like, yeah. I feel like he could say, I think I know how to end the war. I, I don't know. Like, he can't just straight up say, I'm going to offer to take care of the Smith problem for the machines. Like, yeah. But something. He could have said something. It's like, I, I, we, we have a bargaining chip and I'm going to cash gonna, it in or, you know, something. I'm going to go com- uh, parlay with the AI, the main, the head honcho, the, whatever the hell it's called. Uh, or, like, it, it wasn't just that scene, though. It happens multiple times in this movie. Unlike in the previous two, it happens a lot more. And, um, like, the, the, the thing with the Merovidian, or the, the, the French dude, the French program that was so badass, and he he's so terrifying, and we never see him do anything except talk. He talks out his ass all the time. And... I kind of hated how that scene ended. It felt like that character was just built up to be like a huge threat. It's just bullshit. Cause she could just pull a gun on him and they have a standoff and that's it. He's just defeated. He yeah, has to concede. Get scared. Yeah. I'm like, are you fuck? Why didn't they do that in the last movie? <laughs> Why didn't Neo just kick his ass? You know, he probably could have definitely, <laughs> he wasn't meant to kick his ass there. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> It would have broke the cycle. It would have broke the story. I don't know. <laughs> um, let's talk about the ending, right? Like, I'm not talking about the fight, but like the the end. We we did before about the architect and the uh, oracle. So, do you think Sati is the new oracle? Because she has some type of powers that changes the matrix. Because remember. Oracle goes, did you do that? And the world seems sunnier and not greener, like how the Matrix has always been throughout this movie. is very green and foggy. Yeah, the sunrise, is there's like green clouds and there's purple in the sky and a bunch of other, like it's it's really super exaggerated to be pretty. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if um, in the new movie, uh, Matrix 4, Sati is literally the Oracle now. Uh, or at least maybe a person that has a lot of powers to be like the Oracle, maybe be the third party to whatever the Oracle and the architect and her are doing. Um, I have that possibility because it's interesting that, you know, Oracle says that in the, in the end scene. And like you said before, Andy, it kind of leaves the story open for that Matrix 4 because a lot of people are just like, how are you going to bring back Neo and how are you going to bring back Trinity? They're both dead. Trinity has fucking spikes in her uh, her body and Neo was being carried away just lifeless. Uh, Trinity coming back is even more far-fetched because it seems like Neo is... They say he's the remainder of a of a calculation in the, the you know in the code of the matrix why is trinity back that, that makes even less sense there's no reason she's not a predestined jesus monk you know it they, doesn't... they they restored her from the recycling bin like he was talking about yeah they went they were, you know <laughs> restored location so i have one more question but it's it's going to be your guys opinion on what the next movie is going to be about so i have nothing else to say do you guys have any final thoughts about this movie uh, it's better than people gave it credit for. It's not a masterpiece or anything. It's not as good as the first one, but this movie's better than people like to say it is. Yeah, like as somebody who really wasn't a fan of the the Matrix, like just for for a really long time, then I just saw the first movie. I was like, yeah, that's a really good movie. 
I don't really get. I remember there being a lot more negative reaction to this movie when it came out. Mm-hmm. I don't get it. It's good. It's pretty good. It's it's not as good as the previous two movies, especially the first one. <laughs> it's still it's fun, and you know, like I feel like I'm kind of into it now. That I don't know. I got on my way to watch like Animatrix and stuff like that. I don't think I'm that big of a fan of it, but like, let's watch the Matrix movies. I'll be like, okay. <laughs> you're, you're probably Matrix not gonna have pretty to... decent though. If anyone out there hasn't seen it and you do love the Matrix, it's good. Also, it's gonna be on um Toonami uh one of these evenings. I saw advertised. There's yeah. nudity in it at one point, though, so they're gonna edit at least part of it. <laughs> <laughs> well damn. Um so I, I recommend this movie. Um I like it better than reloaded. Uh but as far as like all the rankings that we're gonna do, we're gonna do that in two weeks. Because uh, next week we're uh, it's Christmas week and we're all gonna be with our families, uh, so there's gonna be no episode next week. Um, which we will be doing Matrix Four in the final rankings on the 28th of December. Uh, but my question to you guys, since we have Matrix Four coming next week on the 22nd, is how what's what's your theory like? Why is Neo back? Do you think they repair the bodies, repair Neo and repair Trinity? And like you guys were saying before, I think, Andy, you were alluding that possibly Trinity is the important character, the one. Do you think they're going to run with that story in the fourth movie where she's the one and Neo is trying to make her a believer at some point? Possibly. I, I don't know. It's, it's difficult to speculate on it. The, I've only seen the first trailer and I stopped watching anything about it. I don't read anything about it. I don't look at anything. I just want to watch the movie and be nice and surprised. Mm-hmm. But the first trailer did this weird thing where it felt like it implied that it was kind of a retread of the first movie. And at first I hated that, but now I love it because I think that's like a total misdirect. I don't think the movie's going to be about that at all. If mm-hmm. it is, I'll be really disappointed. If it's just like they're trying to awaken Neo and he's got to choose between the red pill and the blue pill again, because that's like one of the most iconic things that people remember from the original movies. That's going to be disappointing. But I really think that that trailer, they, they tailored that trailer to make people think, Oh, it's another, you know, soft reboot kind of situation. And I hope they swerve everyone. That's, 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 that's my only prediction is a swerve. I really think it's going to end up being something completely different. It's going to be like Neo's inconsequential and, uh, you know, like you were saying, like Trinity is the one that matters or or uh, it, it turns out like, you know, <clears throat> Lawrence Fishburne is is unattached to it. But, you know, the surprise is that the original Morpheus is still in the picture somewhere and that's what's important or or something like that. Or, you know, uh, Agent Smith is back somehow. They Like Neo is in the code and normally it would take 100 years, but the machines accelerate the process because they need Neo back. Because Smith has turned up for some inexplicable reason. Like, there's going to be a swerve. That's what I think. That's that's the only thing I can think of. To feed off, to feed off on your swerve, but I want to hear Zach's first before I, I give my swerve on this. So, Zach, what, what do you think is going to happen in Matrix 4? What's your possible theory and direction that they might go? I have no idea. <laughs> I don't really engage in, like, speculation like that for movies. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I just never really did. It's just like, oh, you're the new to do a new one. Cool. I wait and I wait for it to come out. 
so <laughs> it's really i'm really boring about that i'm sorry <laughs> sorry it's okay um so i'm gonna give my own opinion that what possible swerve that might happen so like andy said the first trailer kind of gives you the idea that they're going through the motions of um neo doesn't know who he is needs to take the red pill to get back get back to the real world and whatever event that's happening in the robots versus zion war he needs to help out if it goes that route again i think that's going to be a terrible mistake but the swerve i think that might be happening is from revolutions neo had a failsafe plan like he was going to sacrifice his body to save uh humanity in the humans but at the same time he knew possibly that the robots would want to salvage his body and he is trying to exit the matrix and possibly pass off the you know the anomaly code into trinity uh and for, in order for him to remember about the matrix he has to create programs like another morpheus or another agent smith and he's trying to kind of like jumpstart himself to be like hey I, i'm this neo character let me get this i don't know because it's a different character uh, different actor uh, a morpheus avatar to show me this red and blue pill kind of stuff because i don't know if you've seen in the first trailer there's a scene where you they're having this meta situation where he's looking at the first matrix movie on a screen in the movie theater so i don't know if like he's trying to like remember that way for whatever neo's plan i think everything is neo's plan he's above what the architect and oracle are doing i think he's more powerful than them and i think that's the swerve is that this was neo's plan the whole time that he actually is <laughs> quote unquote i guess jesus and god um his own grandpa yeah so that that's my swerve on things um remember december 22nd is when the movie comes out on hbo max another minor thought about like trinity ended up being whatever um smith is all like oh maybe some part of you got overwritten on the meme there's there's a precedent set because at the end of reloaded neo's got to restart her heart and Mm. it's kind of the same kind of like being inside of a person kind of thing Mm-hmm. Um, ah, just something interesting to add on what you said. Sorry, go ahead. You say yeah. it's going to be on HBO Max? Yeah, on uh, December 22nd. Or if you want to go to the theater. That's the only reason I've kept it as long as I could after The Matrix. I think I'm going to axe HBO Max for a few months. Yeah. Okay, good. Um, yeah, so remember to watch that movie. And then December 28th, we will come back and we will talk about that movie. I don't think we have any news to talk about. Um, the only news that I have uh, that I showed Zach last night is that an indie wrestler went overboard and like stabbed a referee and he was bleeding all over the place. Um, I know that sounds weird. Andy made this face. No, he had he had a, a gimmick, like a spike object he was supposed to like attack the referee with. Mm-hmm. And sounds he- like he did. Yeah, he did. He might have done too good of a job, and he tried to explain it and say it was an accident because he couldn't see what he was doing, and he fucked up. He said he fucked up. Yeah, he said he fucked up. He said he talked to the referee, and he said that they were cool. Um, but, like, most of the internet and people in that uh, promotion are saying otherwise. Um that guy has a reputation among yeah, like, he, the independent scene. He, a lot of other wrestlers and shit don't like him. Mm-hmm. Huh. I, 
I kind of believe him a little bit um, because he t the two things that he talks about is the mesh in the eyes uh, and that the referee was not communicating well with him, uh, probably because he's getting stabbed and like losing a lot of blood. Maybe <laughs> I, I don't know, but like there was no communication with the ref. All the people on the outside didn't know if this was a work, so they never intervened. The only person that intervened was his girlfriend, who's his manager uh, as a wrestler to like pull him off. Um, apparently cops are investigating this where they're contacting all the wrestlers in the promotion. So there's a possibility that he might be prosecuted, uh, because that video that I, uh, sent you last night, Zach, I think he deleted it off his YouTube. I don't, oh shit. <laughs> yeah. Cause I don't think he, uh, I, I don't think he wants to incriminate himself. So he probably took it off. That's a good look. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, the Jeff Hardy thing, um, that's another mystery now. Apparently, he's going to be releasing his story on Matt's... Well, let me rephrase that. Uh, Matt's wife's Twitch channel, uh, where she controls the Twitch channel, and Matt Hardy comes on and talks while he's like having that head concussion, uh, daydreaming of him just mumbling on the camera. Um, uh, <laughs> but uh, It's weird. It's weird. Yeah. Uh, Jeff Hardy apparently is going to be releasing his side of the story. I don't know what that means. Uh, maybe some fuckery shit happened in WWE and maybe that's going to be exposed. Uh, but like WWE has been like saying that they offered Jeff Hardy uh, rehab and he never took it and he just left the company. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm interested on what that is going to be talked about. I have no idea. Well, I guarantee a bunch of stupid shit will happen within the next two days. It'll cause us to talk about the news for an hour. Yeah. Thursday. Yes. So you... especially when we got we got to watch a pay per view. We're watching Slavery, Slavery '93, and then we're going to watch the following Monday Night Raw. Yeah, I gotta I gotta order Peacock Raw. because I can't find Slavery anywhere. Uh, <laughs> so I gotta really that's bizarre. Yeah, so I gotta order for uh, maybe one month. Maybe I'll create a new uh, email and I'll get it for like free 14 day, uh, 14 days um there you go oh the game awards happened uh oh yeah duh what's yeah. the fuck <laughs> the best the biggest thing to come out of that was the sonic trailer oh yeah yeah Idra elba is fucking they created Huckles. a whole meme <laughs> i guess we could say that sonic is the best video game movie that ever came out i think so i, I don't Probably. think boy I don't know what I can't name another one. I uh, Doom with the Rock was okay. No, that's it wrong. It was not okay. <laughs> Street, Street Fighter with with, with Guile was Jean Claude Van Damme Guile. That was, was a, pretty good. Yeah, it was entertaining. If nothing quick, else, quick, quick, change the channel. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Sonic and Detective Pikachu were both pretty decent. Um, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> So there's we're gonna think about something as soon as we're off the air. We're gonna think of no duh blank. <laughs> um, Andy, Creed. your your news last week was about Jeff Keighley about the whole Activision thing. So he brought it up in the show. No, oh, did he? Yes. Oh God. Without using Activision's name, he just. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> <Go ahead. laughs> so he said, like he he pretty much made it a broad thing about like the industry about like the sexual harassment and that like people should speak up, and that's all he said. He didn't. 
He didn't. So he told people they should speak up. Yeah. And he didn't speak up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wonderful. Just wonderful. Yeah. So that happened. And there was another controversy about the game awards where 90% of the whole show, which by the way, it was three and a half hours. Uh, Fuck. Yeah. I, it should have been 40 minutes. Yes. It should have been, here's all the shit that won. Bye. <laughs> I I exaggerated. Maybe it was like 75%. Uh, but like 75% of the show uh, was straight up ads. It was like 5G, uh, AT&T fiber, and like all the world premieres. And then like when the awards happened, like whoever won, they rushed them off stage. Like really quickly to get to the next world premiere. Um, yeah, that's all they care about is a lot of companies paid big money to have their shit shown off and that's what this is for mm -hmm. I think the rest of it's just an excuse to have a trailer thon it's just the off season E3 now yeah Jeff Keighley had I don't know if you're familiar with Twitter live spaces it's like a chat room where everybody on Twitter can uh, come in and it's kind of like Skype where you could choose a speaker and that they would speak in the group. And he was like trying to get feedback for next award show. <laughs> like someone was like, hey, can we like actually give props and let the developers talk about their games? Yeah, that's like, I might watch it if it was more about you won, tell us about, you know, making this game and some other stuff. Like, I kind of want to hear from developers. I don't want to just watch the trailers for a bunch of shit. So, I like, can do that on YouTube. He, he like did. Like, uh, he rode the f the middle of the fence kind of thing. He was like, oh, yeah, I kind of agree with you. But, like, at the same time, he's like, well, I need to pay the bills and award. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. You can't make money doing that. Yeah. So, he like, he brought that up. And, like, the guy respectfully, like, said, oh, thank you for your response and all that stuff. But, like, everybody in the Twitter were just going crazy. Like, what Jeff Keighley was saying in that live space. Because he's like, oh, like, uh, you know. 75% of fucking ads uh, was just outrageous. Like, there was a trailer for Tunic, which is, like, the fox that is, like, uh, plays, like, the uh, uh, Zelda games and shit. Like, that got announced, like, four years ago, and it finally got a release date. So, I'm like, wait, I've seen this game before. <laughs> I've seen it, like, four years ago. What's going What's your opinion? I know, I know, actually, I know a little bit of your opinion about it because I watched your YouTube video about mm -hmm. the Game Awards. But I'm going to ask both of you collectively: What's your opinion on they're doing um, awards for best uh, best content creator, best e gamer, best coach, stuff like that? I don't I, give a shit. I don't give a shit. Um, but at the same time, like, I don't know these people, like. I, you saw my video when it was like the best content creator. I'm like, I only know Dream because I've heard of him. Before. I didn't know any of them. I don't even know who Dream is. Yeah. Like, I, I was, I was like, like, I didn't know if I should feel embarrassed for me or for them because I was like, I don't know who any of these five people are at all. Well, I think that's it's, it's gonna, people are probably going to think I'm ignorant for saying this since I'm white. But anyway, like, I think it's all about the diversity thing. Like, they needed to fit their diversity quota because literally. Dream was the only like cartoon, which is hilarious because he's literally a a cartoon avatar and he beat all the people that were different cultures and stuff. And Dream is just a I think he's a white kid uh, Minecrafter, and he beat all the other content creators. I don't 
I, I like I like adding a layer of legitimacy to stuff like that, and particularly the esports. Esports more so than the creator stuff. That's mm-hmm. fine. And I want it to be something like I can get behind this. I'm 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 interested about it because I'll watch I'll watch Evo. I'll watch um, the the Rainbow Six Championships are always really interesting. I'll watch that stuff on occasion, but it's hard because I look at this. I'm like I don't know who any of these people are. Like they want. They want to turn these esports gamers into, you know, Michael Jordan, Dale Earnhardt, fucking all these other. They, they want them to be big names, and we're not there yet. I know they're trying to, but we're not there yet. Well, the, the, it might be a generational thing too. Yeah, yeah, that's that's probably true. Honestly, if each of us were like ten years younger, we might know who exactly who all those content creators are. I'll bet you we would. I agree with you, Zach, because there's a lot of people. Uh, especially when I network between other content creators that are younger than me, they go, Oh, look at this esports team. I want to be like how this pl- uh, pro player plays in my streams and stuff. And I'm like, eh. I mean, <laughs> the, the, the only speaking Greek to me, <laughs> the only person I know, like, uh, sports wise, uh, esports is Fatality. Remember him, uh, when he had all his gear and stuff for first person shooters. Like he was a big pro player, and then obviously Nate Shot, who was in phase during the early Call of Duty days. But that's about it. The only uh, gamer I can name at the drop of a hat would be uh, uh, what's the, I can't even remember Sonic Fox. Is that his name? Oh, uh, the the <laughs> f- fighting game community guy. Yeah, yeah, that's right. The oh furry. no, uh, a hungry box. That's a name I know. Oh yeah, yeah he's a Smash stri- yeah Smash player. Um, I know a lot of the um, Street Fighter scene, but. That that doesn't get a, a lot of love in the the award show because like even fighting games today is very niche in the video game world um, compared to the majority of the gamers and stuff. Yeah, one of the awards was like best e gaming community or something, and it was like Valorant and four other games I can't even remember. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was like, I've them? never watched any of these games once. <laughs> but I'm, I'm, not, I'm not the audience. Hey, did uh, were there any big premieres? Uh, the new Sonic game and the I new didn't. Sonic movie. Yeah, I knew about the movie. I, I heard all oh, there was a game, but I didn't even see anything about it. It looks interesting. There wasn't really a lot of gameplay. It, it just kind of like revealed the concept of it, but it's like an open world Sonic situation. It kind of it, it, people are like, "Oh, it's like Breath of the Wild, but with Sonic." I kind of got like when I think about. Sonic of World, I think about the hub world in Sonic Adventure, and that makes me feel positive about that trailer. Just- I've seen snippets of it, and it reminds me of a bunch of these fan games that have come out for like the past 15 or so years, mm-hmm. where people like to make these really big spaces you can run around in, just kind of fr- free run, go ape. Yeah, uh, that, like it's to me, it's based off a lot of those fan games. Well, uh, here's here's the best thing about that new Sonic game. They don't talk about it in the trailer. I read about it on Twitter later. The story is being written by Ian Flynn, the guy who's been writing all the Sonic comics in the United States. Oh. He wrote the story for this game. So to me, that's really positive because I think that's Sega saying, well, we need to find someone who knows what the fuck they're doing to make Sonic. Because when they, when they did uh, uh, Sonic Mania... It was awesome, and that's what they did then. They found people who knew what they were doing in the community and elsewhere, outside of Sega of Japan, to make a Sonic game, and it did great. So I think they're trying to do that again. 
I'm gonna light. I'm gonna lightning speed um, through the world premiere. So I talked about Tunic already. Uh, Th Thirsty Suitors, which is kind of like a weird fighting game um, where you're fighting boyfriends and like drunk people. It's it's weird. Um, the fuck. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Telltale is back. They're making a game uh, for the Expanse uh, Amazon TV show um okay so they're making that star trek is getting a telltale uh series as well um oh pub is now free to play <laughs> so if you paid for it now it's free to play now um cuphead's expansion the dlc uh that finally got uh a release date uh senua's saga hellblade 2 they had a trailer where they showed live gameplay but it looked cinematic of like this Attack on Titan giant taking a nap and then the main character throwing fucking spears at him while he's sleeping and he got mad. Uh, looked pretty cool. Graphics look good. Uh, Dune is getting a RTS game called Spice Wars. So if you're into real-time strategy, there's a Dune game coming out. A high-profile, big-budget RTS. Yeah, okay, that's pretty interesting. Holy shit. Yeah, Sonic 2, we talked about the trailer. Uh, Idra Elba and... Um, the tales they talked about the tales of voice actors is like that's the person who does tales uh mm -hmm. uh they made a big deal about that among us is coming to vr so if you're into vr among us is on there um they, they had a trailer of the paramount plus halo series looked pretty cool wasn't it just a teaser it was, or was a, it an actual trailer it was an actual trailer it was actually showing spartans and shit in the world that's uh oh i didn't see that yeah why do people make things for vr that aren't needed it doesn't utilize vr at all it's an excuse to re-release a game that they wouldn't have otherwise had they're like oh man i really want to release skyrim again but the new game generation isn't here yet vr there we go we got it i could kind of see playing skyrim in vr but like not a lot of fun yeah not among <laughs> us like what the hell Quantic Dream make a uh, release a trailer of their Star Wars game called Star Wars Eclipse, which is apparently in the High Republic era. Um, yeah, apparently, that's a lot of people marked over that. Apparently, that'll be pretty good. Um, yeah. Wonder Woman, Wonder Woman is getting her own game. Um, what? Yeah, Texas Chainsaw Massacre is getting his own game. Um, Could you play as Leatherface? I think they're doing the whole uh, Dead by Daylight and Jason uh, formula where you. Oh, so it's just like a multiplayer. Yeah. I wonder if he'll still get you stuck on, on the bends. Yeah. He gets stuck on objects and you can't. You, you can like get away from him. Mm -hmm. That was a deep cut. That was, an that was a deep cut, cut. brother. <laughs> Rocksteady's uh, Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League gameplay trailer looked fucking cool. Um, I'm excited. I'm, that game. I'm excited for that game. Uh, Silent Hill Creator returns with the game called Slitherhead. Um, so it, oh, it looks it looked pretty freaky, like Silent Hill. So I recommend you guys. I can't explain it. Alan Wake fucking two got announced at the at the award show, and apparently that's going to be a survival horror game. Apparently the first game was not a survival horror game; it was just action uh, psychology uh, thriller. Um, and they said we're gonna go dark, and we don't know when we'll release it. So I like that. I like that. Don't give anybody hope, like Cyberpunk did, and just when it's ready, release it. Uh, and then the final thing uh, that they announced was the Keanu uh, Keanu Reeves and Carrie Ann Moss. They talked about the 
Matrix, the Unreal Experience. It's pretty impressive. Yes. It's and, cool. And I played it, and it was fucking cool, and I won a Matrix game, so. Yeah, he made a video about it, He played where he played it. Yes. I, I, I want to, like, be full disclosure here. I, I can't do, like, a fake reaction. So, like, when I play games, I can't get excited for the entertainment. So, I, that's why. Oh, oh, my God. You like, oh, my God. Yeah, I can't. Bro, are you serious? <laughs> yeah, I can't do that. So that's why I was like, I'm just going to let the experience of the Unreal uh, demo happen. And you just take it as it is. So I that... really appreciated that, by the way. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I, I want. I don't want to listen to you talking over it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, you got playing Matrix. I guess I'm shooting tires now. Okay. Whoa. <laughs> Did you see that, guys? <laughs> yeah, we're looking right at the screen, dude. We saw it. <laughs> and after that scene by the way after the, the whole where you were able to play you could play after that but you just walk around and you get to mess around with the whole different styles like how the physics are and how the lighting is you could change it to that mode wow you get to mess around with all 128 marios yes <laughs> oh and i predicted right it takes two is game of the year just like in my video and said it was going to win game of the year. It won game of the year. And the uh, uh, creator of that is the guy who said, fuck the Oscars. So he won game of the year. <laughs> Good. So I'm happy for that. <laughs> that's, a, that's a sentiment I enjoy. Good job. <laughs> I haven't played the game. but I, Which, by the way, that game, you don't have to buy two copies. Like, So, for example, Andy, you could buy the game and have your girlfriend play uh, at her at her home. By giving her an invite through the game, mm-hmm. so that's pretty cool. What consoles is it on though? PC, I think all the consoles. I think. Oh really? Yeah. Oh, I thought it was just a uh, just Series X and PS5 situation. I'll come back to you on that, but I'm pretty sure it's like all the systems. So sweet. Yeah, but um, that's all the news that I have uh, to talk about. It's Christmas time. Everybody's ready to open up their gifts. And then when February and March come around, that's when all the other games start releasing. So, because you have Horizon uh, Zero Dawn, the sequel coming out in February. I'm pretty sure there's other games as well that I can't remember right now. Um, but if you want to catch more Big Trouble Little Podcasts, make sure you go on Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Um, we also have Getting Some Color, which me and Zach are doing this Thursday, which Slambery in uh, another episode of WWF Monday Night Raw 93. And um, we, me and Zach also released the Nemesis Project, where we talked about Resident Evil Welcome to Raccoon City, um, which, by the way, we jumped like 200 downloads. between the youtube and uh the downloads on the uh the podcast thing and i did a cross promotion with uh, another podcaster where where we put you know each other's ads on there so that might be a reason why we had a bump um and i'm doing another a a guy apparently messaged us about having like a cross promotion because he liked our um fuck that Stanley Kubrick movie. Why am I drawing a blank? The Shining? The Shining, yeah. He has something about Shelley Duvall, by the way. 
that uh, apparently he knows Shelly Duvall personally and wants to do a cross promotion. So I got to talk to him. So if you're listening to this, by the way, I am going to be talking to you probably after the holidays and see what that's all about. Um, but until next time, everybody, everybody have a Merry Christmas. Um, we'll be here before the new year. So we'll see you in two weeks. Bye, guys. Thanks for listening. Merry Christmas. See you.